Hi, I'm Anna Marie Cox, and we shouldn't be here. Hi, I'm Daniel Dresner, and I have some pills that I can prescribe for that. <laughs> That's a particularly <laughs> appropriate response. Yes, exactly. Welcome to Space the Nation, where we look at science fiction through the lens of Monte Carlo simulations and second wave feminism. <laughs> <laughs> So much second wave feminism, Anna. So much second wave feminism. So I try to look for creative stuff that has something to do with the topic, usually. Right. But this time I was like, fuck it. Like, Betty Friedan <laughs> all the way. <laughs> yep. Today, as you may know, <laughs> listeners, we are talking about Don't Worry, Darling, which we... We hope it's as fun for you as it is for us. <laughs> yes. And we've already had some fun talking about it. Okay. In the next few weeks, we'll be talking about, Dan, what are we talking about in the next few weeks? We'll be talking, I believe, about Isaac Asimov's foundation. We'll be talking oh, about God, the book. Oh, God, that's right. I'm going to have to, I'm making myself read it again. Yes. and <laughs> One of the uh, things I do for you. <laughs> okay. This is your idea. Wait a minute. And then we will be talking about, uh, I believe... The Star Trek slash Strange New Worlds episodes. That's right. That's yes. right. And you wanted to talk about Andor. I do want to talk about Andor at some point. I think I think we need to have an Andor episode. I suggested you would like it. You would have indeed liked it, and I think it's worth. It's true. I think it's worth having an episode to talk about. Maybe the first three or first four or so forth. So yeah, I've, you know. I've been enjoying it. It's yeah. not like the other. And Star I think Wars, it's worth Disney having a conversation about why that is. So yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, Tony Gilroy is Tony Gilroy plays an important yeah. part there. Yeah, right. absolutely. But yeah, we are also taking suggestions. You can reach us via Twitter if you want. I am at Anna Marie Cox. He is at Dan Dresner. But another way to reach us is via our Patreon page. Our Patreon page Ooh. is very special. Yeah, it is Patreon.com/slash/SpaceTheNation. Dan, tell us more about that page. You know the great thing about that page, Anna. If you go on that page. You could choose to become a patron. And, you know, that's a pretty good idea because if you become a patron, you get early access to the podcast episodes. You get access to the Discord channel, which I periodically drop in on, and Anna is a more frequent contributor. But more importantly, the Discord channel is great. Bunch of great people actually having really cool, interesting conversations. I'll call out Billy West in space. I Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's his real name or not, but he really (laughs) wanted us to do Armageddon last week because... Oh, the DART mission. Yes, that's correct. And he apparently had something to do with the DART mission. Oh, that's pretty cool. We have so many interesting people on the Discord. He is but one of them. You also get access to our monthly AMAs and, in theory, swag. In theory. In theory. Another great way to support the show is just to tell your friends and neighbors to tweet about us. Mm-hmm. I guess put us on Instagram. I haven't really thought about that before. I don't know. Is there a, a talk, tick, tick? Tick tock? I don't know. Tick-tock? Like maybe the AMAs could be. I, yeah, I'm not sure. I don't know. Yeah. Like just promote. We love that. Yeah. Uh, we trust we your love... instincts on this. Yeah. Yeah. Go for it. When has the internet ever harmed anyone really? <laughs> <laughs> when has anything ever gone wrong because someone tried internet. to promote themselves exactly. on the internet? Yes. <laughs> Dan. Like we're both laughing. I, I, how are you? Are are you doing okay? I'm doing pretty well. You know, yeah. I mean, I, I think I said this last week, but like you know, I I had three international trips in the last just, month. You cannot stop bragging about that. Well, no, no, no. It, it, <laughs> the thing I'm bragging about is that I managed not to get COVID, um, and so oh, okay. I'm very happy about that. Also, this is the one, you know, this is the one weekend in the the fall when like the air conditioner units have been taken out. But the heat hasn't kicked in yet, so you're like it's a nice, pleasant time to be around New England. How are you, Anna? I remember open windows in buildings. <laughs> I remember what that's like to be able to rely on the weather yes. to have an open window. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Things are pretty good here. 
I have had some. I haven't gotten it abroad, Dan. So I'm sorry. there's, I, okay. yeah. yeah okay. But I'll stop. I, this is the last time I'm going to mention that. So, okay. Yeah. But I was out among the humans last week. Oh, excellent. Yeah. I went to a gala. Oh, sounds, that's right. You were, you were involved in TripFest, correct? Is that? Well, oh, TripFest, yes. But also, actually, the thing that I was talking about was oh. Emancipet. Oh, <laughs> which is even a better. <laughs> it's a low-cost vet clinic here in Austin. It's actually the largest uh, low-cost veterinary service in the country. Mm-hmm. They do spay neuter and then some preventative stuff. They started as mainly spay and neutering. Mm-hmm. And it was just a really cool event for a really cool organization. I got Molly spayed there and people heard my story about <laughs> about <laughs> Molly, which is all on Molly. And I told them that like I had this horrible experience and it was Molly's fault. It was not the vet's fault. So <laughs> it yes, was not the vet's fault. Exactly. Yes. But Emancipet, it has also offices in Philadelphia, of all places. I'm not sure why it's Austin and Philadelphia. But they are going to try to expand nationwide, so they're doing a huge push. And I'll just do a little little bit of an ad for them here, which is to say that covering cost of veterinary care is kind of the missing link in America's sort of love for its pets. Mm -hmm. More people adopted during the pandemic than ever, right? They yes. just could not keep animals in rescues. That's sort of changed. But people adopting pets, and uh, there's some really scary statistics, which is like 60% of people who own pets like aren't sure if they can pay for a surprise veterinary bill. Right, which is a problem, yes. Right. Uh, and I mean, that's also they probably can't pay for a surprise doctor bill. Yeah. Another story, also bad. <laughs> Right. Subject of a different podcast, I would suggest. Subject of a different podcast. Yeah, yeah. I have strong feelings about both these things, it turns out. (laughs) So connecting people with low-cost vet care can be the the way that we keep pets out of shelters. Because one of the number one reasons that people turn over a pet to a shelter, which for those of us with pets, we can't imagine. Those of us lucky enough to be able to afford to have pets and not really worry about that stuff, we can't imagine giving up our, our animal part of our family, but for someone that's faced with a catastrophic veterinary bill, Mm. or even not catastrophic, just one they can't afford, I mean, turning it over to the shelter is the the thing they do out of love. So this organization is going to try and it's done, if you're going to be a a rescue pet, Austin's the place to be, (laughs) but they want to expand this model to other cities. So that's that's Emancipet, if people want to look into it, I I think it's just really, really cool. Excellent. Should we move on? I think we should. Yes. Okay. Yes. Uh, From that touching, (laughs) touching story. Heartfelt story to pets. Let's get to the shit talking on. (laughs) Yeah. Also weirdly antiseptic story. Yes. Not so heartfelt. Why are we talking about Don't Worry, Darling, Dan? So I think we're talking about it because both Anna and I were intrigued by the trailer. It's a very compelling trailer, in some ways showing the best parts of the movie, which is it's gorgeous to look at. Yeah. Also, Anna is definitely intrigued by, you know, one of the minor Chris's, as well as I believe Harry Styles. I'm definitely intrigued by Florence Pugh. Um, And also, I loved Booksmart, which was Olivia Wilde's, uh, I believe, directorial debut. So this seemed like an intoxicating, intriguing combination of ingredients. Yes. And I (laughs) thought maybe that Olivia Wilde had like cracked the code Mm -hmm. on how to use mid-century tropes to say something new about gender. Mm Mm-hmm. 
And she did not. No, no, really not. Nope. She did not. Nope. She, she cracked no code. Nope. I, I, now is the, the right time. The code is still scramble. I think now is the right time to warn listeners that if you don't want any plot spoilers, oh God, go yeah. see the movie first, because this is a movie very heavily dependent on plot twists, so uh, at least one of them. So go see the movie, and if you don't care, then absolutely listen, because we're going to spill so much tea on this. The, the hot goss, yes, I believe the, is what exactly. the kids say yes, these yes, days. Yes, yes. I will say that if you love pretty things, mm-hmm. maybe turn off the pod and go see the movie. Yeah. And it also, this is a movie that I think actually is is worthy of, in terms of the, the cinematography and so forth, seeing it in a theater is worth it. Because, like, again, lots of pretty things. Lots of many, pre- very pretty people, you know. Pretty it, people, it, pretty things. Pretty great clothes. Design, yeah. Great cinematography. Yeah. It is an enjoyable, like, movie going experience <laughs> if you pay no attention whatsoever to the plot <laughs> yes if you just like want a screensaver for right. a couple hours. That's perfect 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 or what you could do this is a thought download the podcast go to the theater put your earbuds in listen to the podcast while you're watching the movie and that way you don't have to really... hear the dialogue we yeah. sh- really should do a riff track someday. Oh, that would be amazing. We could we really totally should. do that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for something like Don't Worry, Darling. Yes. All right, so that's our that's that's it. Now, beyond this point, lie spoilers. You've been We're warned. not going to give any more warnings. Yeah. We shall, however, talk just a little bit more, because I think it's kind of interesting, mm-hmm. the actual movie-going experience. Dan, tell me. So, yes, since this was an actual movie that was released in theaters, there's no streaming service that you can watch this on, my wife and I, on a Wednesday night, Anna, <laughs> went to go see this at a super luxe theater because we are crazy people now since we're we're empty nesters. Oh, my so this, God. We, I, I think for <laughs> both excitement. of us, the excitement of going to a movie in the middle of the week was actually, I think, one of the, the highlights of this. I will say, the movie house was, I'd say, about half filled. But what was funny was who filled it, which was I think half of the people there or more, almost everyone there were undergraduate women from Boston College, which is close to where we were going to see it. And I kind of suspect they were Harry Styles fans. <laughs> Harry Styles fans. I mean, I'm going to. isn't a Harry Styles fan, Dan? Yes, I yes. mean, the yes. guy. He's. I know. I know. He's a. He is. He is Harry Styles. And I will talk more about that. Yes. Probably. I am going to add. Mean, I think he's literally half my age, but I'll talk more about that's that. That's good. <laughs> I'm going to just add one aside. I am very glad that I'm my I, I've been married to my wife for 25 years when we watched this film because this was the worst heterosexual date movie ever. OK, I shudder to consider how two people who were like on a first date or even a third date go to this movie and like what happens afterwards. It's just horrible. It could be a good winnowing process. <laughs> Maybe. 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 Like if, if, you if, the the, go- if you didn't know the guy very well. Yeah, and he says, you know, and- Frank had a couple interesting ideas there. That that would be a good tell. That's a fair point. Yeah. You know okay. what? Maybe I'm gonna tell my Jordan Peterson story now since spoiler alert. The villain in this movie is Jordan Peterson, basically. Although he doesn't have Jordan Peterson's weird Kermit voice. Well, I can't even do it. I'm not even going to do it. Don't don't even take it. Anyway, so at some point towards the end of my marriage, but before I really knew it was over. Oh, God, that's right. Yes, I forgot. (laughs) I know what's coming, listeners. Go ahead. John comes home and he's like, I've been listening to a lot of Joe Rogan lately. And I'm like, Okay, where's this guy? <laughs> like, kind of on the edge of my seat. Mm-hmm. And he says, 
Have you ever heard of Jordan Peterson? <laughs> and then you fired the flare gun. And then I was like, huh. <laughs> I tell you, friends and neighbors, that is the thing I remembered as things got worse. <laughs> I kept on going back to that moment and being like, that is truly the point at which I should have. I should have that was that <laughs> was the tell, Anna, and you know, yeah, I, I yeah, yeah. And how did I respond to that? I remember being like, "Well, yeah, yes, I have, <laughs> I have heard of him." <laughs> what do you think, John? <laughs> and he's like, "Well, he's got some interesting ideas." Oh, that's the worst thing you can hear in this age, in like the 21st century. Yeah, this guy's got some interesting ideas there. Yeah. You know? It used to be a nice thing to say, but like, it, you know, the insults I would say, it. I guess that was probably 2019. Yeah, it was still a pretty, pretty bad thing to say. Because <laughs> then he could have followed up with, well, he's just asking questions. There Those we are go. The, like that yeah. combo that's, is that's like a perfect the one-two punch. <laughs> yes, yes. Perfect combo. So what yeah, was your I, viewing I don't know if it was to my credit or not, but oh. I just was like, huh, and kind of let it slide. That was that was how that kind of gotten resolved, but I never forgot it, clearly. <laughs> so I saw this movie in the middle of the day, which I love doing. Mm-hmm. Very empty theater. So empty, no one took my ticket, which was Ooh. weird and unsettling okay. in a way. Wow, you just, just could like, have walked in. in. Okay. Uh, I also did the thing I sometimes do, which I brought my own popcorn. <laughs> Air popped, mm-hmm. because... Not so much like I don't care about calories and stuff, but the movie theater popcorn is just so heavy, right? you know? And I was going to Pilates later, so. My wife is sympathy on this because I think we, she actually brought grapes to the theater. Okay, that's another level. Yeah, I know. That's I know. I know. That's, that's weirdly bougie. <laughs> I, we're bougie. You know what? I'm, 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 not, I'm no longer embarrassed about this, yes. But she All didn't right, want... now... Yeah. Okay, sorry. Go, go ahead. Go ahead. Go. Yes, you're bougie. Yeah. Uh, embrace it. Brag. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Now, Chekhov's What's It. Dan, what was your What's It? Uh, yeah, so my What's It, which is, of course, the thing that appears in the first act that winds up recurring. I'm going to say it's Chekhov's Red Shirts. One of the things that you see throughout the most of the movie are these uh, people in sort of red jumpsuits taking various people away. I did like how they showed up in both realities. There is a very brief moment in the real world where you see her walking down a medical hallway and there's an orderly wearing that outfit. Right. Yes, that flew by. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Although, see, well... We'll get I to the plot. I have questions. I will say none of the red shirts die, so that was also kind of nice, but yeah. Well, in the, in the fiery car crash. Oh, that's, I guess, oh, that's a point. But although okay. I think the red shirts, see, it's hard not to talk about the plot all the time. Because yes. they're all there. They're just... Because, like, if the red shirts exist in in our reality too, then they're yeah. not just bots. Because that was how I I thought oh, they were that's just an like some question. form of bot. They could have been just a bot. That's true. And I don't know the medical hallway that you reference. One of my questions is that when Alice gets electroshock therapy, is that in the real world? No, no, no. I didn't think in that was reality. In the real, that was not because I think world. he's escorting yeah. her down the down the hallway in the electroshock sequence hmm. so that would still be maybe we'll get to this a bit later but what guys, was your Chekhov's what doesn't it? take place in the real world yep, that's our yep. that's the big twist that's guys. a big twist it's yes. a simulation yep it's a simulation yep <laughs> whole thing's a simulation and they don't really explain it very well at all oh no we've got a whole list <laughs> listeners trust us trust us yeah all right dan 
Oh, sorry. What was your Chekhov's What's It, Anna? Uh, Chekhov's Earworm. Yeah. Oh, well done. Well done. Yeah. Okay, I, I'm pretty proud of that one. Okay, so. that's good. All right, Anna, let's get to the story behind the story. As someone who's been traveling internationally for the last <laughs> month, Anna, uh, and has not been looking at pop culture websites... <laughs> I assume that the making and marketing of this film was just a paragon of professionalism, yes? <laughs> Dan. Yes. Now, even you have probably heard about the central scandal mm-hmm. involving this movie. Right. Which is that there should be a comma between worry and darling. Oh, fuck yes. That was driving me nuts. <laughs> Absolutely. Everyone's okay. talking about it. Yes. <laughs> I hope that maybe in the streaming release something is done. I, they at least need to have a special feature where they like, or maybe maybe there's a grammarian who can do like a, a voiceover or something, you know, like and a, maybe that's track. why Florence Pugh is so upset. <laughs> she is just a stickler for grammar. She is. I hear she's a grammar Nazi. It's true. Yep. Yep. So there are literally explainer articles about what went down with this movie so i'm just gonna try to hit some highlights please yes yeah otherwise this would comprise the it, entire it, there, podcast there is probably whole there are whole probably whole podcasts about mm-hmm. what happened <laughs> behind the scenes in this movie right so olivia wilde's book smart was very popular mm-hmm. there was a bidding war for her next movie uh, i believe it got very heated she got to her pick of scripts and she chose this one mm-hmm. it's a was a spec script uh that showed up on the blacklist i don't know if you know what that is yeah that's like yeah. hollywood's like best it's like the best screenplays that are aren't made right. yeah, yeah yeah i wasn't too surprised to learn that the original script was written by two dudes yeah okay yeah mm, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah okay uh the original cast had wild and pew in flipped roles oh okay yeah, uh-huh. and then Olivia Wilde decided she wanted a younger couple at the center, uh-huh. and of course Jack was played by Shia LaBeouf. That ah. one of the I hear LaBeouf point- had LaBeef, Anna. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so depending on who you believe, <laughs> he was either fired or quit. Uh-huh. Olivia Wilde says that she fired him because his behavior was aggressive and obnoxious, especially towards Florence Pugh. Hmm. Sheila Beef has video, unfortunately, of Olivia Wilde clearly trying to keep him on the film. Hmm. So, I mean, it could be a time thing. It could be that she was trying to keep him on. It could then... be that she was also just trying to placate him. I mean, you know, God knows how, yeah. how this yeah, that, that, that See, that could be an, an interesting thing in a movie. Right, yeah. Right? And that's the primary just... scandal, right? There's no other scandals involving this <laughs> okay. production, I'm assuming. There is one other. Oh, there is. Okay. Oh, do yeah. tell. What is... Yes. Uh-huh. Of particular interest to our audience, perhaps. <laughs> yes? Did Harry Styles break up Ted Lasso's perfect relationship? <gasps> Those of you who are really into science fiction and not into pop culture may not know that Libby Wilde uh, and Jason Sudeikis were a it couple mm-hmm. for many years. Yes often you know thought of as couples goals right. as they say they're both like both cute both funny both smart the tom hanks and rita wilson of their generation very much so yeah. at some point i believe end of 2020 the timeline here is weird mm-hmm. they announced they're breaking up mm-hmm. 
not too long after. <laughs> no, no. Maybe even potentially before. We don't know. Yeah. Uh, well, Olivia Wilde was spotted holding hands <gasps> with Harry Styles, uh-huh. I think, at a wedding. And that seemed like an odd first date. Yep. So it does appear if you there's like, again, whole websites devoted to the timeline and like public statements versus <laughs> photos versus leaks. And yeah, it, it and there's no question at all that they got it on. Like, yeah. oh, no, no. Well, they, now they're. They had a thing. Yeah, they, they definitely, yeah, yeah. What's interesting is apparently that upset a lot of people, <laughs> <laughs> which I do kind of wonder about because I don't think Hollywood folks are like prudish about. No, I don't. Fidelity? No, no, no. Or if they are, they're in the wrong business. What I gather is it made for a chaotic set. Yes. So correct me if I'm wrong. I, I've read various allegations. Oh, so you have read. I, okay. Yes, I resist. come through. No, okay. what I what I read was that among other things, literally Wild and Styles would disappear at various times. Yes. So it wasn't so much yeah. the affair. It was the the time devoted, perhaps, to the affair. Their and, insatiable lust for each other. Yes. Which is an interesting thing on this set. Yeah. Right. Oh yeah, definitely interesting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Very kind of weird, and I, I can't say for sure, mm-hmm. but I think that the movie might have suffered <laughs> entirely because of possible. this. Yeah, yep. you know, can't can't say for sure, but there is a weird inconsistency to how our main characters are portrayed. That is a safe statement. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Luckily, Florence Pugh acts fucking rings around Harry Styles, so, you know, it, it kind of gets taken care of. Mm-hmm. But, I, I, Dan, I don't know how much you like to talk about female orgasms, but... <laughs> I'm okay with talking about them. I think they're a good thing. I, I am pro-female orgasm. I am pro... I. I also I would, am. Excellent. Excellent. We are on the same page. Yes. And I know for sure that Olivia Wilde is because she's been talking about it a lot. Which and is weird. This is where the disconnect. This is sort yeah. of where the disconnect is in both what she's saying, what may have happened. Well, may be very much connected to what happens on set, but then also what happens on screen and mm-hmm. like what she's trying to say. Right. Right. Yeah. So in interviews, she's been like all happy to say that. There are only female orgasms in this movie. There are no male orgasms in this movie. <laughs> I'm sorry. Now, now I'm wondering, is there a Bechdel test version I, of this? I mean, and, and I'm just going to, I mean, she's right. And I yeah. noticed, I did, well, what I noticed was that Harry Styles doesn't receive pleasure. Right. Jack, and he only Jack gives the character it. of Jack never, or anyone else, Which no other man. Which is weird. No, I mean, that's great. We want that. It's just... Do we? I mean, it, it's nice that, don't get me wrong, I'm not against female oh, wait, orgasms. I don't, want, I don't want him not to get it. I mean, yeah, yeah. I want, I like centering female pleasure. Yeah. Great. No problem. Yes. No problem. Keep going. In terms of the movie itself and the plot and what it's trying to say about gender. Or the logic of the plot. Or the logic of the plot. <laughs> yeah. It's odd. Yep. Very. <laughs> totally weird. It's oh. almost as if the person making this movie... Mm-hmm. was thinking a lot about orgasms <laughs> <laughs> and perhaps having them. Maybe. There you perhaps go. on set. Who knows? Good for Who Harry. Knows? Good for Harry. Good for Olivia. <laughs> I'm glad there were orgasms on the set. Yes. I, I, mean, I, will, but I, I will add that this is uh, 
you know, this is another weird thing, which is apparently, as you say, Olivia Wilde's been talking a lot about this. It's a component of the movie. I would hardly call it the center of the movie, and that's another. It, I, in other words, I'm Team Florence Pugh on this, but because she's apparently gotten been annoyed by. about this conversation yeah uh, the quote i have here when it's reduced to your sex scenes or to watch the most famous man in the world go down on someone (laughs) it's not why we do it it's not why i'm in the industry obviously the nature of hiring the most famous pop star in the world you're going to have conversations like that that's just not what i'm going to be discussing because this movie is bigger and better than that and the people who made it are bigger and better than that and i will add that you know we're going to critique the the crap out of this film but i will say pew's performance yeah. is so much more than just the sex scenes that like it uh, she's absolutely right in saying that and, it, and this film would be it rises and falls with her performance cut this, yeah. it says something you could completely cut them and the film might make more sense actually yeah possible yeah including the weird creepy chris well Pine we'll get to this yes thing yes. Yeah. the sex scenes wind up being weirdly distracting mm-hmm. i think like from the point again they're well done you know although I had some questions about Harry Styles' positioning. <laughs> I don't know if you noticed. Yes, I did. We'll, we'll talk okay. about this. Okay. <laughs> I was like, that doesn't look like the right angle. No. That looks nope. like really weird. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> yep. Yep. Okay, it wasn't just me. <laughs> we I'm should... Like, go, to ta- go to town. Yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> it, looks like you're, it looks like you're tickling your belly button. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I think we should get to the plot, Anna. Okay, all right. All right. All right. Let's, let's actually get to the real. You poor people that haven't seen the movie and aren't going to see it. I, maybe they'll see it now. Like I hope so. You know. All right. Okay. All right, plot. Fine, <laughs> plot. Fine. Let's get There's to There's weirdly a lot of it. Yeah, there is. Actually. There shouldn't be. There should, <laughs> should, shouldn't be so much plot in this movie. Go ahead. All right, let's get to Act 1, Far From Heaven, but Close to Victory. Alice seems to be living the mid-century dream. She and her husband Jack live in a lovely little cul-de-sac tucked away in the desert somewhere. Jack is a, quote, technical engineer, end quote, hard at work on, quote, the development of progressive materials, end quote, at Victory Headquarters. Sure, it's a bit isolated, and none of the wives can ask their husbands about the nature of their work, but all Alice has to do is maintain an impeccable house, entertain, shop, and let Jack bring her to watermelon sugar highs (laughs) on the dining room table at his boss's house pretty much everywhere. You're jealous of this life, Anna. Admit it. I mean, on one level, sure. (laughs) There are a few signs, however, that all might not be right with this world. Her friend Margaret seems to have had a case of the blues because she took her son and went wandering into the desert and then the sun disappeared. I can't believe she's down and out about that. Oh, and occasionally the earth shakes. And then one morning, Margaret sees a plane go down in the mountains. She walks to find it and finds herself at the Victory Headquarters HQ. She passes out, experiences some visions that look like Esther Williams on LSD, and then wakes up back in her house with Jack as if nothing had happened at all. Anna, I will say that in terms of the movie, the first 20 minutes of this film were by far my favorite part. I like how everything was shot sort of in an uncomfortable close-up to really heighten the uneasiness. And to be honest, the film works better when you know that something is off, but you don't know why. I mean, the the, the uneasiness in that first 20 minutes works. Unfortunately, in retrospect, it was a, a letdown. It works if you don't highly suspect what's coming. <laughs> yes. Oh, oh, did someone suspect what was coming, Anna? Well, 
I believe one of the first notes I made was, yes. "Are is she going to M Night Shyamalan this?" Like, <laughs> yes. <laughs> and it, it literally, I, I sent Dan a picture of my notes. Mm-hmm. It's like the third thing I wrote down. I can confirm this, listeners. That it was the isolation. Actually, yeah. I was like, "Oh, this is the village." It's like, a simulation, clearly, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. or yeah. I mean, or well, something like that. Yeah. This is actually taking place in modern times, and mm-hmm. there's some reason why they're all isolated. Now. The movie is such that I got a lot of time to wonder what the exact <laughs> like <laughs> twist would be. Yeah, I didn't. I, I didn't foresee the exact matrixiness of it. Right. Like, yeah. But I was like, okay, clearly, like, there's some. I mean, clearly, Chris Pine is Jordan Peterson. I, I mean, that was sort of Jordan Peterson talks. To people who haven't, thank God, if you haven't listened to him. But one of his main things is chaos, Mm -hmm. actually, chaos versus order, and women are chaos, and order is men, and obviously, which is better, you know, Mm -hmm. and just the way that he talked. And I did laugh at the emptiness of it all, but that was another giveaway for me, Yeah, like the whole technical engineer and progressive materials and stuff. I'm like, this isn't a satire of tech. This is like, which would be great if it was, right? right? But that wasn't what this was, yeah. This is like clearly like they're hiding something, Yeah. right? And then Dan... This is supposed to be like late 1950s, early 1960s. I took it as mid 50s, but sure, yeah, mid 50s. Yeah, it's integrated. <laughs> yes. So uh, here's where I will say this: like this was a case where the so fact it's either this, not on Earth. Well, no, like there was a like, this way. This is where the 2022 and I apologize for using this word woke culture might have helped like sustain the myth for me because I was wondering if this was just like a retcon kind of thing. In other words, it and. You know, the, yeah, the, I I think that I don't think you can retcon history. Like if there, I mean, I had the same. I was like, well, are she just trying to say that it should have been like this? Right. But then I mean, I'm like, the, no. It's in a way, it was like, no. It's way too obvious. Yeah, it's entirely fair. Yeah. Okay, and the other thing that gave it away, yes, is that all the women are gorgeous. <laughs> Every single one of them, right? Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. And then there's Harry Styles and Chris Pine. <laughs> And everyone else. Oh, <laughs> uh, wait a minute. Hold on. Hold on. Now, now I'm going to defend the... And I, I mean, not uh, unattractive. Like the, the, the new couple but that comes along. The new, that guy was yeah, handsome. I, actually, know? I thought about him. Nah, I mean, again, yeah, was, put yeah. anyone next to Chris Pine and Harry Styles okay, and that's you're going to yeah. have a letdown. Yeah. And, right? and one of the husbands is played by Nick Kroll, who actually looks better in this movie than I've often seen him. But nonetheless, he's Nick Kroll. Is Nick Kroll yeah. fascinating, brilliant person? Right. Olivia Wilde put him next to Harry Styles. Yeah, not not, not hunk a hunk of burning love. Yeah, you know, then, not yeah. maybe even kind. Yeah, fair <laughs> enough. So, but it was it just stood out to me that like all these women were drop dead gorgeous and that men were kind of like again not unattractive. Right, but just but, it's one of the few things that actually does make sense with the larger plot. Let's put it that way. Yeah. All right. All right. On. Let's move on to Act Two. As it was. It was pretty disturbing. Alice receives a phone call from Margaret, who claims to have experienced the same things Alice did. Alice tries to dismiss her own doubts, but keeps experiencing weird moments. I'd say my favorite, which admittedly is way on the nose, but when she's like cleaning the window and like suddenly the the hallway like compresses and pushes her face up against the glass. That was a good effect. I like that. The saran wrap one is also on the nose, but I thought I found very disturbing. Yeah, yeah. She keeps experiencing weird moments and so goes to Margaret's house and finds her standing on the roof. 
Margaret, seeing Alice, slits her own throat and falls. Alice is dragged away by men in literal red shirts before she can reach Margaret's body. Alice tries to talk to Jack about all of this, but he dismisses her version of the story and says Margaret simply fell and is recovering. The company physician, Dr. Collins, corroborates Jack's story and attempts to give Alice prescription drugs. Alice feels increasingly out of sorts and paranoid. During a special victory event at which Frank gives Jack a special promotion, we'll get back to this, Alice breaks down in the bathroom and is comforted by her friend Bunny. Alice attempts to tell her what happened to Margaret, but Bunny reacts angrily, accusing Alice of being selfish while Frank is getting his big promotion. Anna, I think one unintentionally clever thing about this film is that Florence Pugh acts so much better than Harry Styles. And by this, I mean she is spectacular. It is impossible not to pay attention to her on the screen. Styles is not bad. He's just sort of just more two-dimensional. And indeed, as you said, in some ways, it's not just that men are, are not as attractive. All the men in the cast, except for Chris Pine, are sort of two-dimensional. And I think this weirdly works in service of the actual plot reveal. Do, would you agree with that? Uh, yes. Yeah, there's a some of the most interesting things about this movie, I think, are unintentional. Right. <laughs> like, the most interesting critiques it has and, like, observations yeah. are, are seem to be accidental. And one of them is that, yes, the, the men seem interchangeable. Right. As much as the women do, right? Yeah. The husbands are as interchangeable as the women, except for Chris Pine yeah. and Alice and Harry Styles. And I did wonder... Like, how it is that Jack gets to be the only hot one. <laughs> I mean, did he pay? Oh, oops. Did he pay extra? That, like, oh, yeah, yeah. Was it an upgrade or something? <laughs> I do think Chris Pine is, doesn't, I think he he is Florence Pugh's equal here. Oh, yes. Like, no, that I agree with. And in fact, the best scene in this film in, is the one I'm going to talk about in a second. Right. But like, it's the scene with Pine and Pugh in the kitchen. That is. Yeah. That is electric in a way that none Makes of the scenes the with styles are. Make even more less sense. Like yeah. it throws a huge wrench into the plot. Yeah. But great scene. Yeah. Totally great scene. Yeah. I I wanted to say about Florence Pugh though. Yeah, she is just magnetic. Oh. Harry Styles is better than you would. I, see, that sounds like such faint praise. I think he's actually pretty good. No, I, and again, like, I, I think he has a future here. I, like, yes, I, I agree. He's an actor. He's not. He's yeah. not just a singer trying to do this. Yeah. The problem is, I mean, and in some ways, this is also the way the the plot works and so forth. You can't take your eyes off of Florence Pugh, right? Um, and part of this also I actually, mean, yeah. I could, I, I dragged him over to Harry Styles. Uh, okay, fair enough. And, and I don't, I, I don't mean. <laughs> but by the way, I want to be very clear. I don't mean this in the sense of she's extremely attractive because she is extremely attractive. Right. But I mean, no. like just watching her facial reactions and like the actual yeah. acting that she's doing. Is and she's just inhabiting it in yeah. this much deeper way. It's just yeah. another level of, of presence. Yeah, and yeah. it, and, and again, it to the extent that this film works at all, it is entirely due. To Florence yeah. Pugh and Chris Pine, I will I absolutely grant that. Yeah. But like, in some ways, that's what to tell about this movie. Like, they're they're actors working at one level, then they're actors working at a slightly smaller level, and that's the, the thing yeah. that's striking. Yeah. All right, let's get to Act Three. It was the podcaster all along. Alice and Jack host a dinner for Frank and friends, and at first, it seems like Alice is back to her old self. While she's in the kitchen, however, Frank comes in and goads her about the fact that something is off in victory and she should push him more. What follows is an uncomfortable dinner scene in which Alice points out all of the artifice surrounding their particular village. Frank gaslights her in response, making her look delusional to the other guests. After everyone else leaves, Alice begs Jack to leave victory and he agrees only to also be gaslighting Alice because the red shirts come and take her away. 
Subjected to electroshock therapy, Alice has visions of another life, which suggests the big reveal. In this alternative life, we are in the present day. Alice is a neurosurgery resident with a schmuck of a boyfriend, played by Styles, who can't even do simple things like make dinner or get the hot water fixed. All he does is listen to a Victory podcast that sounds way too damn much like Jordan Peterson. We soon see that Victory is actually a virtual simulation. Jack has kept Alice prisoner and forced her into the simulation Matrix style in the hopes that they can lead a perfect life together? Waiting to talk about plot holes. Yes, waiting. okay. Anna, we're going to get to the plot holes in a second, and they are big. Um, gritting my teeth. For now, however, I will give Olivia Wilde pops for making Styles look like a massive loser when he appears as present day Jack. He just looks really scruffy. At least that was my opinion. So, like, I, I, you can agree, disagree with this. I'm curious. I, I think the essential Harry Styles kind of sh- like shown through. Oh, really? Okay. Although, I mean, I guess they must have used CGI because he did look a little schlubby. He looked. He did. Yeah. Yeah. He looks well, a little schlubby. The facial hair and he had also. An American like accent. I actually really appreciated the retconning of his British accent. Like, did he I, have an I, American I, accent? Wait a minute. He so did. I he have did. to admit, like, part because part of the thing is I was watching the first half of the movie was like, is he playing British or is he trying to play British no, with he, an Ameri- no, or, like, American? No, they do the So when we find out that he's in the simulation, they, he lists British. Yeah he, yeah, he says he wants to be British. Oh, okay. I'm like, oh, that's kind of clever. Yeah, that's like. That's a weird attention to detail yes. in a movie that sometimes pays no attention to detail. That was the other frustrating thing about this film. There are times Why not just where just have him be British. Yeah. Who knows? There like, are times where they provide <laughs> exceptional amounts of detail, and then there are massive areas where, like, don't pay any attention to that part. Yes. Yeah. 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 All right. I also was going to say that anyone who listens to a Jordan Peterson podcast already like looks schlubby, no matter yeah. what their physical appearance. So <laughs> fair enough. Is there, you can be you can be drop dead gorgeous and be listening to like one of those idiots and your attractiveness, you know, takes a nosedive. All right, let's finish this plot so we can tear it to shreds. Okay. <laughs> Act four, Alice goes through the looking glass. Back in victory, Alice finally puts all of the pieces together when she hears Jack humming an earworm and realizes what Jack has actually done. Jack defends himself, claiming that she was miserable in her real life, and furthermore, he has to work every day just to be able to afford their virtual existence. So, like, apparently the way it works is that when all the men are going off to work, they're actually also, like, unplugging, going to work in the real world so they can pay for this simulation. He hugs her and begs forgiveness, but then starts to strangle her. Alice takes a whiskey glass and cold cocks him. Bunny stops by and exposits to Alice very quickly that because she killed Jack in the simulation by the iron laws of the Matrix, he's dead in real life as well. Bunny says she's always known it's a simulation, but the other women do not. Bunny is there by choice because her real kids are dead and she can stay in victory and tend to her fake computer children because apparently none of the children in the simulation are real. Bunny tells Alice to get in the car car and flee to headquarters because it's an exit portal from the simulation. As she leaves, she starts displaying Neo-like powers, and the other wives begin to realize what's happening. Frank's wife, Shelley, stabs him to death. Alice drives Jack's car to headquarters, evading the red shirts and ignoring a vision of Jack begging her to stay. The movie cuts to black with the sound of Alice gasping for air, likely waking up from the simulation, next to Jack's dead body, I can only assume. All right, Anna. Still let's... in restraints. Sorry. Yes. Sorry. Yes. Sorry. No. 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 Now is the time, Anna. <laughs> Let us get to the plot holes in this film. I've got a long list of them, but you want it? You go first, and then we'll we'll go back to. Me. Well, I was like, I sometimes wish we could we taped the visual of us doing this because <laughs> while Dan was going through this last quarter of the plot, like I was just like 
making faces and gestures of disbelief. Like, what the fuck? Like, what the fuck all of this? This happens a fair amount, (laughs) listeners, where, like, I'm trying to describe the plot as faithfully as the movie, like, is presenting it, even though it makes no fucking sense whatsoever. (laughs) And Anna's waving her hands, looking at me like, what the fuck? What what is that? Why? 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 You know what? Let's let's alternate. We'll do it this way. All All right. Okay. First of all, just a simple one. Why in the hell does Alice see a biplane crash into the mountain in the first place? I have no idea why why that would be the case. It doesn't make any sense. It, okay, see, deep breath. The yeah. underlying problem here mm-hmm. is the failure to explain exactly what it is is going on in the simulation, right? right? Like, there's not even a hand wave. There's not even, like, it's high-tech, it's high-tech and just works. I mean, we see know? visually, like, we see, like, we do see... Florence Pugh, like, in, like, this but thing the, that looks like something from... We don't from, get the limits of it. Yeah, we like, don't know how Apparently, it works. so yeah. the kids are entirely artificial intelligence. Right. And so are some other people. I assume they're, like, but, NPCs, for lack of a better way of putting it right, in the... Yeah, in right, the, right, right, yeah. right, NPCs. But except the kids seem, like, hard to make true NPCs. Like, you have to have some degree of, like, real character to them to I, make them yeah. real. And then... If everything's in the simulation, then how does something like the biplane happen, right? Like, yeah. in the Matrix, there are occasional glitches, and they explain in the Matrix, like, what those, they're like, right. yeah, they're The glitches. Matrix actually has a coherent plot and a very clever way of describing, like, what deja vu is or other right. things. You know, totally makes right. sense. This has none Where of does that. the biplane come from? Like, you wouldn't need much either, yeah. right? To be like, I don't know, Chris Pine, like, Hat likes biplanes himself. Like I don't know. Like yeah. I mean, there's some they they figure into the real world in some way, or there's some they're a defragging program, right? For the, like, there's for one the of a computer, million things you, you know? could introduce as to why that happens. It just goes unexplained. What's yours on it? Why do the wives do anything when the husbands aren't around? Like, I'm I'm serious because like if they're there to basically just like provide this perfect life for the husband mm-hmm. like why aren't they just like dormant i think I because i mean i, I mean it, it's just are they supposed to have these fulfilling i mean i think that maybe this isn't a plot hole for you but it kind of is for me like they put a lot of time and energy into like have these women have these whole lives right well no, so Which this is, is kind of great but that's not what the, the men don't want that well this, this is, is the... all about the incel fantasy Right. So this is the part that makes no sense, or this is one of the many parts that make no sense to me, because this is supposed to be presumably an incel fantasy. Right. I think the presumption by the incel is that by having a woman play this traditional 1950s housewife role, they're actually going to be happy. Okay. Um, and that, right. that, that, that was, is a question that you have answered a question for me that the movie does not. Right. That was my presumption. And I think that's, you know, and, and in some ways that comes up when Jack explains to Alice, you were miserable in your modern life. We'll get right, to that in a right, bit. Right. But like, and so I kind of get that. It would have been. Here, oh, go ahead. And here's where that we get. There's so many flashes of what could have been a more interesting movie. Yeah. Right. And would have been a more interesting movie. And they, Harry Styles almost does this, and the movie almost does this, is to make Harry Styles a sympathetic character. Right. Right? Is yeah. to make Jack, you, that you understand why he's doing what he's doing. And yeah. that he does genuinely feel like he's given her a better life. Right. They retcon that into his last explanation. But it's... But it would have been interesting to, like, have him really believe... Yeah. ...that this is something that she wanted. Right. right. 
even though there's no possible way she could have wanted this. That, no possible way. Even, even also, as, yeah, even as the way the film tries to sack the deck, it's like, What's she no. doing with the loser? I mean, yes, thank yeah. you. No, no, okay, so, yes. Let's, like, maybe that's the bigger plot hole here, right? No, so this was, there's a selection effect. I mean, I've been with some losers, so maybe okay. I should well, this was the that. thing. So there was. A, I have multiple questions at this point. So first, okay, Jack is unemployed, but he is somehow able to get a job to do this. That's the premise that, like, you know, the fundamental problem in their modern relationship is that she is this high-powered neurosurgeon. He is Her unemployed, resident at least, right? Resident, yeah. but but will be one. You know, he right, is right. unemployed and can't seem to do anything. He can't rouse himself to get a job normally, but he can rouse himself to get a job so he can put her in this simulation. That doesn't. See, and here's like we can. I can create an answer to that question for you. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah. Which is that he's more motivated now that uh, he okay. can. Right. Maybe. But the movie does not show us that. The movie does not tell us that. Right. The movie is like completely. I mean, we hear a little bit like he possibly. There's some. I don't even call it hand waving. It's like a, <laughs> a whisper of explanation, right? Yeah. It's like a what is smaller than a hand wave? It's it's like a, a finger wave. wag. A finger I, wave. I, I yes, finger wave. wag. A finger wag. I like that. Go go go. Yeah. At the fact that Jack lost a job. Right. And yes. That was probably emasculating to him. Sure. Which, right? by the way, raises the other question of: I kept wondering. So, is this the typical relationship? Are all the husbands? in this simulation coping with a similar problem of being married to workaholic spouses or spouses who are out oh, earning them. You, you raise an interesting you. question, yeah. Dan. Yes? If this is an incel fantasy, right? why are there wives there at I all? don't know. Like this, which, The moment everyone started <laughs> I mean, talking about there, incel. How do they have wives? Yeah. Because the definition of an incel, if people don't know, mm -hmm. it's the involuntarily celibate. Right. Literally do not have partners yeah that is like the definition of an incel is someone who does not have a romantic partner yeah <laughs> i so, i got no it doesn't make any sense in that sense it, it, it i mean this way weirdly it's unfair to jordan peterson is the way i would put it it's, I, I, wow uh, you he know he feels the same way yes you oh know. yes i know that was yeah. the, the only good thing this movie has produced beyond the 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 tons of gossip was the, the yeah. there is a video clip listeners that you i anna will put this in the mailbag of jordan <laughs> peterson crying because it was pointed out to him that that the chris pine character is based on him Personally, I mean, like, if you, if I was a dude and there was a Chris Pine character yeah. based on me, I, I might be flattered, personally. I, I, if Chris Pine also, wants to play me, I am down with that. That's all I'm Also, saying. dear listeners, someone on Twitter was like, you shouldn't make fun of people crying and have their feet, her, her feelings hurt. Jordan Peterson's an exception, and he cries really easily. Oh, he really does. He cries just like, a total I mean, snowflake. someone could be chopping onions halfway across the globe and, and you're going to get sniffles from yes. Jordan Peterson. So, yes, yeah, so I, I, can't, I can't remember who's, who's turn. I think it's, it's your turn. About. Yes, your turn. Okay. What, what is another plot hole? Why do the men lose their jobs when their wives find out that it's a simulation? Lose their jobs. Like, how is it? Oh, that made sense to me. That I, I assume, which, in other words, I'm assuming in the case of Margaret, for example, that she okay. either died Okay, well, or, that, well, okay, well, still have questions. Okay, but I'm assuming that she died or that she, you know, in other words, was, actually, but now that I think about it, you're right. There's a valid question, well, why wouldn't he stay in the simulation and get, like, an AI wife or something? I don't know. Yeah. Maybe like, it's because they're uh, not the, quite. The question of why don't they have AI wives is actually the one I'm saying, like, So I, there is a with. slight hint at the answer to this, which is that if you remember the very beginning of the movie, uh, 
Alice and, and Bunny are talking about the kids, Frank and, and um, Teresa's kids, or Frank and, and Gemma Chan's right. kids, and talks about how creepy they are. Yeah. And Oh, that's right. That yeah. I actually kind of thought, okay, in retrospect, that kind of makes sense, because if they're AI kids, they would be creepy. They wouldn't quite be, like, Again, correct. we're doing so much work. <laughs> <laughs> we are doing a lot of work for this movie. You know, we could have, like, totally done here. Yeah. All, all right, right, so a couple small ones for me. What are the earthquakes supposed to represent? I don't know. Makes ne- never explained. And also, there's a scene where, as I said, the doctor wants to prescribe pills, and Alice takes a file about Margaret out of the briefcase. Why the fuck does he have that file in there? That makes no sense. Like, it, 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 it again, just doesn't... I don't and understand. And also, like, I mean, we're forced to kind of overlay the rules of the Matrix movies... Right, exactly. Yeah. ...on this, because yeah. they don't give us anything. Yeah. Right? And so it's like there could be a reason, I guess, like the matricy reason. Like he, ha- it's a part of his program. He has right. to have it. Like uh, yeah, whatever. exactly. But we nothing. We don't know what, what symbolizes anything or like what. Right. Again, the like rules said, are left unexplained. Like yes. I said, sort of. Ran- I mean, it came, came to me randomly. Like the red plane could be a defragging program. Right. right? Yeah. You can invent way- reasons for people to have shit like, or this. even a software upgrade. Something, something right. simple, yeah. simple. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Like yeah. whatever. But he, so he could have a reason to be carrying it around that was a reason inside the simulation. Like it's just part of his document. Like whatever. Like this char- character always has his simulation always carries with it. But then, like, how wouldn't he know if it got stolen? And also, why was it all blacked out? Yeah, exactly. Also, that, yeah. how do pills work? Right. I, how do how does drinking work? How does pregnancy work? Yes, that okay, so that was <laughs> right because there's one of the characters is pregnant. Is she supposed to be pregnant the whole time? Because like clearly that's the other thing. This only works for childless couples. I'm assuming like there's no way a real couple in the real world could have right. children and then do uh, this. again. If it is an incel fantasy, yeah, yeah, then of course they don't have kids. Right, right, right. But oh, I, 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 you, you have to. I. Windred incapable of speech. I, and the la- <laughs> I will say the last. So the last huge plot hole for me was like. So there's this intricate simulation enterprise that apparently has no failsafe system in case someone, one of the women, realizes what's going on. In other words, like there is no security situation to actually like. There was no guard posted right outside the door. Like that was the part that And how, also they keep referring to his Victory HQ and I'm like, yeah. that seems like a deserted building to me. Right, like, exactly. It's like, what, what the fuck? How, how do we know it's Victory HQ? Why would it be there? Right. Why would, You what, would just why? put a simple password program right there. Like it just strikes me as like so easy to prevent that. And yet, nope, nope, yeah. no. <sighs> I have a few more. Oh, go ahead, please. How is it that Jack is such a terrible cook? <laughs> I just, I mean, small. Oh, I thought he but... was doing that on purpose. Okay. Although, actually, he was such a simp in the real world that I can totally, like, he, he literally I mean, I couldn't make he dinner. Cook, yeah. I believe he can't cook in the real world. Yeah, yeah. Right? I mean, I guess, try, I mean, I don't know. Like, I actually, so when that scene plays out and he's just making a fucking mess yeah. and, like, chaos in the kitchen, I was almost, I thought for sure... Alice would do what I would do, which is say, get the fuck out of the kitchen. <laughs> like, <laughs> you're making it worse. <laughs> like, we'll order takeout. I mean, you know? it, the only thing I will it say... It seemed like, like, was it aggressively, like, to put in her face, you're the only one that can do this? Yeah, I was going to say, the one the one explanation is that it sort of aggressively reinforces the stereotype. 
Right. Or reinforces roles, if it makes any sense. Well, I was saying, like, why can't they just jack it into him like Kung Fu, right? Right, but he if he can cook, can cook, then but, suddenly right. her role is as, okay. you know, yeah. And speaking of skills. Yeah. Oh, here we go. Yes. <laughs> Harry Styles dancing. That I enjoy. There is a very weird scene. Yes. Listeners, if you haven't seen it. <laughs> very odd. Yeah. Just bizarre which also in the context of the larger plot makes no fucking sense oh, whatsoever no, no, like man. he gets a promotion I mean, what the hell does the promotion like, mean in this there context was some shit going on that i was like is there some homoerotic stuff happening yeah, here yeah. like i had some like oh maybe this is part of the gender role fuckery like there's sort of like a objectification of of men as well, well. it's like no, a culty I think, thing whatever. i thought yeah it's just i guess but so harry styles is gets a promotion question mark which yeah we don't know what that means maybe (laughs) giving like upgrade his status i have no idea what the promotion actually knows what that would mean yeah yeah and then is quasi red shoes style forced to dance (laughs) yes like it's really like it's creepy like harry styles is is an amazing dancer and he's he's does a great job but it has a very red shoes feel to it right like yeah it's it visually arresting. It's visually, it's the most visually interesting you see Harry Styles in this, in the entire movie. It's like, it's when he yeah. gets to be like the most interesting. But like, when, once the reveal was clear, I was like, wait, so what was that scene about? That makes no sense. Yeah. Yeah. It, it goes on for a long time. It really does. It goes on for yeah. a long time, which, you know, again, Harry Styles dancing. Okay. But it, it's, there's, there's, like, there's this part where Chris Pine's like, make him turn. Let's right. make him it's spin. Like, Let's yes. make him spin, which makes it red shoesy and makes it like, can he stop? It was like, make the stop? monkey is, dance. Yeah. Is it, is this punishment of some kind? Right. I, you know, I have no idea. Like, and that's also what made me think of like jacking in Kung Fu or whatever. Cause yeah. I don't believe Jack in the real world can dance like that. Right, let me put it this way. It was one of those things where I stopped thinking about it being Jack, and it was just, oh, Harry Styles can sing and dance. Of course he can. Yeah, right. Like, but yeah. you're right. In terms of character consistency, it made no sense. Yeah. And then I, since we started talking about it earlier, her getting so many orgasms is weird. <laughs> yes. In terms of the film. So I, like, this might be <laughs> we where... We mentioned it up top before we gave away the real reveal and stuff. Okay. I'm just bringing us back to like... I have a theory. Great, but... I do have a theory about this, and I, but it requires okay. tweaking things, which is first... Even if the the Chris Pine character is model and Jordan Peterson, let's allow that maybe it's not exactly incels. Maybe <laughs> it's just men who feel completely inadequate. And okay. it makes sense to me that you would create this program or create this world where one of the things you can do is actually bring your partner to orgasm because maybe you're having some difficulties doing that in the real world. Ooh, oh, I see. So that yes. would be one possibility. The other possibility, and I apologize for being gross here, but it might also be that by bringing a woman to to you know climax in the simulation, it's less messy than if you yourself do so. Oh God! Oh God! Oh, Dan! Now you've made me remember the thing that I another plot hole. Is oh in. no! What? 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 Which is so? If this is Matrix style jacking in, yeah. in that they have to be they're like in the real world comatose, yeah. right? Does he, does she have a catheter? She does. does she I think diapers? You, you see like an IV, I but think, yes, hook up but to her like, very but briefly. for using the bathroom. I'm assuming there's a bedpan underneath her, but I don't know. Like, and then, by right? the way, I, I will, I will add. And how does her muscle, muscles not atrophy? I don't know. Like, like there was a. No, does no one miss her? There is a, yes, that's, well, that was the other problem of like, suddenly Florent, like the character, dis- like her character disappears from the real world. The neurosurgeon, like the hospital is not going to be curious about this. That made no sense. Oh, um, you know. Here, I, I can bring up, sorry, I meant to say this up top, which is that there is an alternate ending, or there's an ending that was in the original script oh, that addresses a little bit of this. Oh, which was what? 
there's more time spent on the Chris Pine character doesn't exist, but there is it is like the idea of the simulation yeah, yeah. and okay. men join the simulation. Fair you enough. Know, I do uh, like the addition of the Chris Pine character. I thought that that, that was a good oh, move. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, if only yeah. if for only that, like yes. Yes, yeah, fair enough. But better script. Right. But in the in the original script, what happens is Bunny does reveal she pretty the same. She does actually wind up in a mental hospital, maybe uh, again in this t- case, or it's just the first time, whatever. Bunny goes to visit her, oh. confirms that it's all an illusion, but then tells her that there is an exit portal in the mental hospital that she's in. Okay. And the final scene is like her trying to find, like rushing towards, as I remember this from my reading, is her rushing towards the exit portal or but trying to find the exit portal. But we don't see anything from like the actual world in this, in this, in the original screen. No, part. I think you do, but it's just oh, okay. the ending is different. Oh, fair enough. In that, we're not well there's a little more expl- i guess there's more explanation given i don't know if, I, I don't know if it's all that th- different though because basically the only difference is that she has to go to victory hq and there's there's the nice car chase and so forth but is which that- i was like one of my notes is like what does even a car chase mean in virtual reality yeah, like yeah, again yeah. what yeah. is really happening like what is happening i know i know That's in true. in the virtual reality like what is again we ha- you are forced if the matrix didn't exist this movie would be even more infuriating by the way this is something else i uh, there is a very brief shot of florence Pugh in this like sort of equipment that puts her is putting her under and i actually laughed when i saw it because she still looks amazing which of (laughs) course makes no goddamn sense if she's actually in this you know like at least again credit to the matrix it's making me appreciate how good the matrix was like when you see people in the real world in the matrix they look different from their idealized self-image as it were oh (laughs) dan we've been asking so many questions about this movie yes there is a big one I need to ask you. Oh, well, well please go ahead. Is there IR in it? Anna, <laughs> there is beauty in control, and the enemy of progress is chaos, which is a fancy way of saying there is no IR in this film because it is too chaotic <laughs> to contain anything cogent about world <laughs> politics. And I'm serious about this. If I worked really hard, and we've been working really hard, Anna, to, to discuss the plot holes in this film... Maybe I could suggest it says something about the fragility of patriarchal, even Foucauldian forms of power. Vladimir Putin. But <laughs> the limits of surveillance. Limit, yeah, exactly. But the plot holes are so massive that I don't think it says anything intelligent about it. And I think our listeners are too smart for that. I, I just <laughs> do. I'm not going to bore you with anything. There, there was very little about IR, except, again, the fragility of trying to create this sort of universe where, you know, it can collapse apparently with just one person realizing that it's a simulation. So I really have nothing more. But and which does, however, lead to an important question that I need to ask you, Anna. Yes, Dan. Is there a critique of capitalism in this film? <laughs> the weird voice breaked there. <laughs> Dan, this movie's politics are as clear and as suffocating as a saran wrap face mask. <laughs> Which was really disturbing, i got to say. Yes. There is an implied and perhaps unintentional critique of capitalism about how the, the playground of patriarchy is defined by consumerism, mm-hmm. right? And patriarchy is indeed in this movie a consumer product. Right. They're all right? paid to go to victory. They're, they well. are paying to, they have purchased their gender roles yep. off the rack pretty much, right? <laughs> yes, yes. But obviously, Wilde is really trying to Say something about gender. Inception base. Boom, boom. 
but what is she saying? (laughs) (laughs) Gender roles are bad. They're bad, Dan. Gender roles are bad. Don't make people play gender roles. Which, 50 years ago, would have been a really newish ish 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 like 50 years ago <laughs> I mean, when the stepford wives came out perhaps yeah, yes or maybe, or, i mean like or whatever like yeah feminism goes back even further than that right, right. yeah it is not a new thing right. and she does it stylishly right yeah. like she does say this very old thing very stylishly but the thing is like we have more to say about gender roles now right yeah and it is interesting this movie comes so close to being more interesting <laughs> than it is. Right. One of the thoughts I had when I was like trying to figure out like what is the twist here, like yeah. what's the exact twist, is are the men also brainwashed? Right. That would have been interesting. Yeah. Are they also not aware they're in a simulation that they've they're also inhabiting a gender role, which would you know play up the fact that gender roles are constructed, right? right? And that we all inhabit gender roles somewhat against our will True. you know that we're all kind of forced into them. I, I mean I, yeah like I, can I just put like there are two other ways it could have been interesting one also would have been is if the women actually enjoyed to some extent their gender roles like that's genuinely subversive if to say like I enjoy being a fizzy satisfied I don't I, again I don't think it's sustainable Di- but like Anna makes very I know I quizzical know. face I mean well, what you could do is sort of say that there's an exchange for it, right? Right, like, exactly. And that's sort of implied here, but this is like the very old critique, which yeah. is that like this is a trade-off. We are all making trade-offs when right. we do this. And there are trade-offs that are enforced upon us. Right. They are not trade-offs that we are willingly making, yeah. right? Like it, there is, because Florence Pugh is Florence Pugh, there is a very moving, when when Harry, when Harry I keep on calling him Harry Styles because he's, he's Harry Styles, yeah, yeah. that so when Jack go. says, you were miserable back then, you, you hated your life, and she <laughs> says, it was my life. Right. Right. And by the way, like, even if she was somewhat miserable, like, this is just an awful solution to it. And, and the other interesting challenge would have been, and in some ways this would have played off the Frank sort of goading Alice, would have been that Frank had created this world. He might be a sexist and so forth, but he was, maybe he was bored and actually did want the Yeah, that's of, what, like, there was a plot hole that I, 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 so there were so many times when you were going through the plot that I thought of plot yeah. holes, but I was like, just, I got, oh, was trying to wait. Uh. But the, the, we mentioned this, that the whole scene in the kitchen that's so great makes no sense. It is great. Because right. why does he want to be challenged? Like, what's going on? Because he says he wants to be challenged. And then also it completely, yeah. like, he winds up, it winds up showing her up and sending her yeah. to the, almost to, well, yes, to the, the electromagnetic. Yes, exactly. The electroshock. Thing again. Thing. Is, is yeah. he just trying to goad her into revealing the fact it, it's weird. It's just very odd. It's very odd. And one of the ways that yeah. I knew that the men weren't also brainwashed, although, again, we all are actually brainwashed into our gender roles, <laughs> was I was like, well, then what would the point of this be? <laughs> Unless right. we had all lost a war to AIs, right? So then we're just... <laughs> it really, really was the Matrix. Matrix. I, yes. I tried, though. I tried yeah. to think about, like, okay, so what if is this... Is this what would be a way that we would have a situation where everyone thinks that they're inhabiting this. Like, what would be the point? And I only could come up with, like, there's some way that the Chris Pine character is, like, just an evil math. It would, it would have to be just, like, evil right. mastermind it would have had to been, shit. Yeah, it, it would have required the Chris Pine character. It would have required Frank to be fleshed out in a different way, and that's not yeah. what happens. So it's unfortunate. And now... Oh, wait. Oh, I see a biplane. It's crashing. Why biplanes? Oh, my God. I must go see if I can help. I must travel miles and miles across the desert in my high-heeled shoes. 
fa- in and my your fancy, fancy dress. dress. Don't forget the dress. And still look great yes. on the other side. A and little sweaty, perhaps. Exactly. But but right. great. But still awesome. We are, yeah. in fact, in the debris field. <laughs> uh, where we talk about things we didn't get a chance to talk about, even though we have now gone over an hour, Dan. This is an unusual... We usually have our internal clock just right on time. We had... You know what? I don't care. It it, it this prompted it prompts yes. discussion. Uh, so what yes. did we miss, Dan? What did we miss? Just a couple of things on my end. So first of all, I, I hate to say this, what a waste of Gemma mm-hmm. Chan. So Gemma Chan plays Frank's wife. The only other question, by the way, I was curious... So she kills Frank in the end. Why? We don't know why. Well, there was one of two possibilities. One, she too was being imprisoned right. and didn't know it was a simulation. I think the more intriguing possibility is that she did know it was a simulation and was in fact like Frank's Phyllis Schlafly or something. That I would have like wanted to have seen more. Much of, more interesting movie. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Like that could have been to have a Phyllis Shafley character. I love that. I would have been, love that. that would Maybe have been, sort of Handmaiden's Tale, but exactly with the simulation. Yeah, that would have been interesting. But again, uh, yeah, that's Gemma an Chan interesting movie. Like Handmaiden's Tale in a simulation. Right. There exactly. You, you know how I knew this was a bad utopia, yeah. Hannah? There were no oh. dogs. No dogs anywhere. It was just awful. You, you know why? Because um, dogs why? would be harder to program than kids. <laughs> that's not fair. <laughs> Because <laughs> dogs are different, Dan. Dogs have personalities. <laughs> oh, 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 Anna. You should get canceled for that. All right. I did like the line at the very beginning of winner, winner, cigarette yeah. dinner. I, I was just amused by that. And then finally, I, I, this is just, I think we're in agreement on this. Chris Pine is hitting middle age. I think he's over 40 at this point. He is going to be so good for the next 20 years of roles he plays. Like, you know, I, I was thinking, because I watched him in All the Old Knives uh, about a, a week or two ago. And it, again, he is just, a, like Florence Pugh, just a compelling thing to, you know, person to watch on screen. And he's very good in this as well. And I again, think he has been good, you know, but I think yeah. he is, you know, of the minor, he's a minor Chris rather than a major Chris. And I do think that his ascendancy <laughs> into middle age will make him one of the major Chris's. Perhaps uh, that's my point, I think, yes. One of the few Chris's that survives, really. It's possible. He could be one of the... But, like, it, like this way, I hope Chris Pine continues to play ra- not just leads but also character roles because he's so good in them. He, re- um, he really is. Like, I, we, I, we've, said it, we've said it a lot, but um, if yeah. you're going to go see this movie, this, if you're counting the reasons, the pros and cons, his performance and Florence Pugh's performance are... The top yeah. two. And then yeah. the sets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's three. That's yeah. pretty much it. Uh, also, to make right. fun of it. All right, Anna, what do you have? So, let's see. I have here something I noticed that also gave away to me that it wasn't really, quote unquote, really uh, set in the 1950s. Mm-hmm. There's no church and no talk of church. Oh, good point. Thank you. Yes. Okay. The decor really is amazing. Just like it, it yeah. is, there is so much attention to detail in, de- in the decor and the set design that I guess that's what she was doing with her time. Maybe that's what she was doing with Harry Styles yeah. is in fact discussing <laughs> the set decor. Uh, I love this image of the two of them like in one of their trailers looking through cameras. Like, looking at swatches. Put a set? Oh yeah. Sw- swatches. Yeah, exactly. Um, one thing I noticed is that the pins match the decor. There's oh, a scene wow. where, where Alice answers the telephone. There's like a little note-taking station in front of her, and the pins are all mm-hmm. various colors of of the living room. So, oh, here's a question. 
where yeah. did the money come from to create all this? That was a question I had to myself. Damn if I know. Yeah, yeah. At one point when I was thinking that it was somehow real, maybe maybe this was a village type situation and not actually a simulation. Mm-hmm. One of the reasons I, I started to think it was simulation is where would you get all this period appropriate stuff? <laughs> <laughs> True. Yes, that would have been difficult to pull off. And then I guess I, again, because it was disturbing to me, what happens to the bodies in the real world? Like not just, I mean, both while they're in the matrix and then after they like how, like you said, why do they die when they're in the matrix? What right. happens? What do they die of? You know. Also, we're told Bunny says at one point that like in the real world they're going to be. They're sending like red shirts to her actual house, and we don't know how that plays. Yeah, out there's and, like I'm just like that. There is yeah. um, a, a couple of pieces on the internet about why that ending is unsatisfying, which is a sort of interesting, like okay, it's unsatisfying, but why? And it just points out yeah. that unlike there are movies that end without resolution, right? That mm-hmm. have these endings where like, well, we don't know what's going to happen next. Right. Yeah. I think like Twelve Monkeys is sort of a, an example. I believe. Like. Right. Yeah. That's um, a good point. But you well, you have it point, all yeah. set up though. Like what you have is like a, exactly. a lot of the different variables are different than they were in the movie that you just watched. But right. They, you are set for a next chapter. Like you have the underlying kind of logic. Mm-hmm. And the choices that face that person. In this particular case, we are just don't know so much. Like yeah. there is just. It's just goes it it's unexplained and it's not unexplained in an, in a good that's not the important parts of this like if you're going to do this reveal you have to have done the rest of the world building and there it just they yeah. didn't do it. So all in all definitely go see this movie. <laughs> <laughs> if you haven't already I really hope that if you're at this end of the podcast you've made up your mind whether you're going to see it i actually hope you've seen it because you will i think you'll enjoy the yes. podcast more i hope you're watching it while watch i hope you're listening to this while watching you can listen movie. to it twice the movie yes. is two hours there long. you go <laughs> that's true true fair point. fair point all right dan let's see so we have coming up uh the foundation which you're right i suggested because i'm curious about yep. what you will have to say about it i hated it okay spoiler alert i, I hated it will let you know um i'm okay. reading it again because I care so much about what Dan thinks. Because I am so interested in Dan's Aww. opinion about it. I am going to read it again because I read it. Oh, now you're making me think that I'm in a simulation, Aww. Anna. <laughs> uh, and we, are, we have actually decided someone on the fly we're going to do Andor, which I will tell the yeah. story once again that I watched the trailer for that twice, wondering where the Ewoks were. <laughs> <laughs> set on the planet where the Ewoks are from <laughs> watching the sequel watching the trailer play out I'm like wow there's sure are a lot of humans on the Ewok planet <laughs> oh perfect perfect I love it. there's a I lot mean, of humans I guess they must have come and settled the Ewok planet after the, the, the events of Empire Strikes Back huh wow uh, huh but we will do it no Ewoks perhaps I am not understanding <laughs> the title of this Series, <laughs> I that was a correct sur- surmise. Sorry, I, I did. I googled it. I was, I was like, I, <laughs> I was like, I am right, right? Like the name of their planet is Andor. Uh, it is not. It is Indor. It's, it's it not. is Indor. It's Andor. It's 
the for also not a planet it's a forest it's a moon forest moon you're correct thank you but i do you yes, understand sorry. my confusion i do i do so that's fair anyway so we're gonna do that and then we have um, many other fun things planned we are not quite at 250 patrons but we're close, close. we're getting there yeah. And until next time, Dan. Keep this channel open for more.